Well, good morning. Good morning. And welcome to the solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the universe. This is the highest solemnity of our masses. This is an enormous feast because through all that has happened, all in the liturgical year that has gone before this day, it all rolls up into one glorious feast that this man, Jesus Christ, is the king of the universe. He is the firstborn of the dead, which basically means that he has conquered death and opened the gates of heaven so that you and I and those that wish to follow and ad adopt his will in their life may find redemption and the kingdom of heaven for eternity. He is all things, the creator of all things. He is everything was created for him and by him. He is truly the author of the universe and the king of the universe. My brothers and sisters, today's readings are truly beautiful, particularly this reading of the gospel today. Look at the scene that we have today, the scene of Calvary. Christ has been crucified and hung up on a cross. He has suffered massively the day before and the day of. He's drug a cross up a hill, and then he has been nailed to it and is bleeding to death and barely can breathe from the sheer physical nature of hanging suspended from a cross. He's bleeding profusely. He's exhausted. He has a crown of thorns nailed into his head. He is humanly beaten and near death. And near him on either side are two thieves, men who truly were convicted by the state and sentenced to punishment. The jeering that goes on around Christ as he hangs in utter suffering he listens to taunts and arrogant words and vile words being thrown at him, mocking him, calling him a fool, calling him a fake. If you're the king of the Jews, bring yourself down. One of the thieves says, if you are the king of the Jews, bring, save yourself and save us. The other thief, the thief we now know as Saint Dismas, says to his partner in crime, how dare you? Don't you do you have no fear of God? Don't you realize this is God? And then he begs God that he might be with him, that he might remember him. And what is so beautiful about this is when no matter what condition Jesus Christ is in, no matter what condition of abuse he has endured, no matter what we have done to him, he in his last breaths as a human being hears a gift of faith that it was in St. Dismas's words and redeems him, doesn't condemn him. His last ounce of energy is of redemption. My brothers and sisters, you and I live in a world today that knows nothing about that level of courage, nothing about that level of generosity. The U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops has asked every priest and every deacon in the United States of America to preach this weekend on religious freedom. Why? Because religious freedom around the world, and even in our own country, is threatened. 
Christians around the world are being murdered, martyred, tortured, jailed. Christians in the United States are being mocked, made fun of. They are being canceled. They're being muted. They're being threatened by their very livelihood to be able to speak a truth. We are truly being persecuted. You might say, Deacon, I, I don't know. I, I don't see by anybody coming in here and dragging us out, jailing us. Well, maybe not. Hopefully never. But what is happening is that they're dragging truth out of our souls. They're dragging things that we know to be true, that are ancient and right. And they're mocking them as they mocked him. And they're mocking us like they mocked him. One of the most fundamental and most dangerous of this is the lie that there is more than just a man and a woman. In Genesis, God tells us that he created man and woman so that they might be fruitful and multiply. A man and a woman, a gender of male and female, that we were created in his image, that we were created in his image and in all of his goodness, and in the beauty of male and female so that we might be able to cooperate with the divine. My brothers and sisters, we are made in his image, not in our imaginations. Another great fundamental lie that devastates truth is that marriage is between, can be between two men and two women. That the sacrament of marriage can be modified because of our will, not his intention. All of us sin. Number one in line. But these are lies to benefit us and our needs and our desires, and they mock Him, the firstborn of the dead. Satan has always used mocking as a way to move what he hates, what he fears, away from him. And on this Calvary Hill, with Christ on the cross, Satan motivates and provokes the men and women around there to mock Christ, to anger him, to bring his humanness to such a level that he would come down off of that cross and say, see, I am God. 
and I am not going to die. For if he would have done that, my brothers and sisters, Satan would have won and we would have lost our redemption because the perfect sacrifice would not have been sacrificed. And who could blame him for the mocking, the torture that he had endured? My brothers and sisters, you and I have to watch that very same emotion. That very same emotion of what is happening to my world. What are they forcing me to do and what are they forcing me and how are they forcing me to act? And we must not be provoked to anger. We must not be provoked to move away from our mission in life. Like his mission was God's will, our mission is his will. And how dare we think about how appalling it is for him to do this and for us, believers in Christ, calling ourselves Christians, to then go and say, I believe the untruth. It's always been wrong. It's not fair. It's not loving. My brothers and sisters, I will never do that to you, Jesus, no matter how provoked. Because if we come off of that provocation, we lose. We are to be joy. We are to be love. We are to know truth. For on that truth, we can stand and endure anything. We can take all barbs, all marking, and we can do it with love, and we can endure it like he did, with a mouth of redemption coming from our lips, from words of love and joy coming from us. We can't control what other people think and say, but we certainly know what we believe, and we can stand firm until we return to God in heaven. Religious liberty lives in our mind and in our soul. And my brothers and sisters, we may never capitulate. I am not calling you to revolution. I am calling you to redemption and to know and to follow the truth for the rest of your life. And praise God, please, for the rest of mine. Welcome. Welcome to the solemnity of Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. And may God continue to bless you.